welcome everybody. I'm Sharon Fuehler with ABC to CEO, and I have a very special guest with me today, Adrian Bracy. I have known Adrian for a lot of years, and she has impressed me for that many plus more. So I am flattered to have her here today. So a little bit about you, Adrian. So um, you are an MBA, you're a CPA. Uh, you just retired from being the chief executive officer of the YWCA of Metro St. Louis, where you served for 12 years, quite an accomplishment. And it was through that, I believe that we got to know each other because I wasn't even aware that you also have a very interesting career prior to that, 18 years as a senior financial management person with the National Football League. So uh, it's it's great. But, but one of the things that you've always said you had a calling for is inspiring and making a difference in the lives of women and girls. And that's one of the things beyond your, your credentials themselves, but just your philosophy on this that I think makes you such a wonderful candidate for ABC to CEO. So uh, you were with the... Um, St. Louis Rams and I guess the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, you started your career with the Miami Dolphins and uh, it's it's just wonderful things you've done. So I would like to talk a little bit about uh, ABC as far as being able to link it to things you've done in your life. Um, one of the things of course is the fact that you became a CEO and uh, it remarkable accomplishment for anybody and uh, women in particular that we're focusing on. So first of all, thank you for being here. Well, Sharon, thank you, number one, for that uh, gracious introduction and for your kind words. It is an honor and a privilege to be here and sitting and talking with you to share my journey with hopefully a number of young women that will take some nuggets away. So thank you so much for ha having me. Yes. So one of the things we always like to talk about is, you know, many young women actually have difficulty thinking about being a CEO. It's like so far out of the realm of reality. But was being a CEO something you ever considered as you were going through your career or did it just kind of happen? Can you talk a little bit about that? Sure. Yes. And I will be course, through this whole interview, transparent, vulnerable as well. Um, I really had no interest in, uh, in being a CEO in my career. I knew in college that I wanted to be a CFO for a company. That's what I went to college for. That's what I have passion for was accounting. And so that's kind of where, where I believed would be my future uh, into retirement, actually. And so I remember when I was uh, with the St. Louis Rams and I remember it like it was yesterday, I'm sitting at my desk and I'm looking at financial statements and I'm actually saying to myself, wow, I love this profession. I love my job. I never want to do anything else but accounting. And that was probably ooh, maybe 15 years ago or so. And so that's really, that's, uh, that was my passion and here I am. Wow. So, yeah. So, but being in accounting, of course, we talk about kind of some roles being dead end roles and never getting to CEO, but being in accounting is, is a good path to, to take you to CEO. So that was a great step you made by just having that kind of as your background. So Absolutely. you had, 
you've had a great career, but what are some of the experiences you've had in your career that you think helped helped you become successful? You know, even going back to high school and college, what are some of the things that added to who you are today to make you into such a wonderful CEO for 12 years? Wow. So Sharon, I'm going to go back and this is where my vulnerability is going to come out because I grew up in a humble beginning and I was adopted at 10 years old. Um, And so I grew up prior to my adoption in an area called Liberty City, which is in Miami, Florida, and it's infested with drugs and prostitution and some of my family members actually got caught up in that environment. And so being adopted really took me out of that environment. And so I am who I am today because of my adopted mother, Dorothy Brown, and my my father, uh, Joel Brown, who happens to be family. So Joel married Dorothy uh, and Joel is my cousin. Uh, Dorothy fell in love with me at age nine, 10 and um, asked my parents to adopt me. And so that started my success. Uh, Without that adoption, Sharon, I'll be honest, I just don't know, I don't know where I would be today. So that's where I started my success at age 10. And then I went to high school and in high school, there were six young ladies that I just adored and I wanted to be a part of their clique. So I actually invited myself to be a part of the, the clique because I knew they were gonna be successful. And sure enough, we all graduated from high school. We all went to college and we're all successful in our own right. Some, uh, one, one of my, my high school girlfriends, she's a professor at Princeton. Uh, and so another one is a doctor of pharmacy. So that was another defining moment for my success. And then going to college, my uh, counselor who actually saw that accounting would do me well because I really wanted to be a lawyer when I went to college. And yes, and she said, Adrian, I really believe that if you take this accounting course, you would like it. I had no clue about accounting, of course. My high school didn't really have accounting, but she said, do you know bookkeeping? I said, oh yes, I've taken a bookkeeping course. So that advice from my uh, college counselor to go into accounting was another uh, defining moment for my success because I ended up with my degree in accounting and I met a dear friend, Helen Halton, who was my accountability partner in accounting. So she really pushed me and I pushed her. Uh, And then, you know, just throughout um, my life, I had mentors here and there. So, but my defining moment really was when I was 10 years old and adopted. Wow, what a great story, an amazing story for young women who face challenges and And sometimes I'm sure those young women think, you know, how do I get out of this environment I'm in? But what a great story you did. And then to get into accounting, as I said, it's 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 a a good thing because it's so transferable between different businesses. So with the success you had, are there some experiences that you wish would have been maybe different for you or? Um, is your success different than you imagined it would ever be? I mean, how, how do you feel about where you, you got to? And, and if you're advising young women, uh, what are the things you would tell them about your, your own success that you think helped you get there? Well, I don't really think I would do anything differently, honestly. Um, I truly believe that my ups and my downs throughout my career and in life in general 
was really just God's plan for me to be where I am today. So I really believe that the valleys that I was in, um, you know, it was for a lesson, it was for a purpose. And so I'll be able one day as I go into my next chapter to really help women uh, to kind of overcome some of those things that I dealt with, like fear, lack of confidence and things like that. So um, those are the things that that really made me and shaped me into who I am. I didn't know it at the time, of course, so I wouldn't really change anything. Um, I had some, like I said, some valleys in my career. I've had some mountains. And so um, the, the most surprising thing I, I, I believe was and, and I, this is an advice I would give to young people is number one, of course, of course, have confidence in yourself. But the thing that I really remember when I went into the NFL and my husband really was right there uh, supporting me, he said, don't tell, don't build, don't tell the time, just build the clock. So in other words, don't be so chatty uh, in the NFL because men at the time, and probably even now, just didn't have the patience, and my husband is one of them, don't have the patience for a lot of storytelling. So don't tell the story, just tell me the punchline. So that's one thing that I think helped me throughout my career is um, really just being succinct and uh, direct um, and not taking things personal. That's another thing I would say, uh, working in the NFL, even now, really, I just realized that taking it personal it just brings out a lot of emotions that really could hinder your career. Right. You know, we've talked to a, a lot of uh, either current or former CEOs. And one of the things we often do here are about these valleys. Um, people refer to them in different ways, but uh, almost every person who felt like they had a, some down points in their career actually in hindsight have looked back on it and said, I learned a lesson during this period of time, or it was something necessary to get me to where I am today. And, uh, and I think it's good that we have the opportunity to hear people like you talk about you had valleys and it's not, don't feel when, when you personally are going through something that, your career is over, that you're never going to make it because you have to look at it as an opportunity. Or I'm the only one. No, you're not the only one. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Not the only one. That's another good one. So work-life balance. Now, I know you have a son and a husband and, um, you know, many of us during our careers have lots of things we're trying to balance. So, was this something that you had to really have a plan for in order to be both a, a CEO and a, a CFO, um, but also balance your own personal life, even if, if it wasn't family per se, just to have a life beyond your career? Can you tell me a little bit about that? Sure. And you really hit it right on the head, having a plan. You know, a lot of times we don't think about that. We just wake up in the morning and we do whatever we do. But just like in business where we have a calendar, we also have to have a calendar for our personal life. And sometimes people will actually use the same calendar for both. But the important thing is to put it on your, that personal time with your husband, with your children, put it on your calendar. I color code my calendar, yellow, red, green, whatever. I have names for those colors. So when I look at it, I'll know whether or not it's personal, whether it's important. And so that is a big, for me, that was a big 
uh, saver because I used it. I, I used the, the calendar, even if it's, I hate to say this, but even to take uh, a break for myself and go to the spa, you know, oh, yeah. something that in order for us to have that work life balance, we have to have self care. We have to take care of ourselves and we have to give ourselves grace because women, we're typically harder on ourselves than we are on other people. And so we have to take that same advice that we give our best friends. Don't be so hard on yourself. Well, we need to do that for ourselves and we typically don't. So if you can't make every soccer game for your son or your, your, your child, your daughter, or whatever, it's okay, you know, have a balance. In other words, find your village, find your tribe, get other people to help you with whatever it is that, that you need help with. Don't try to be superwoman because you're going to have burnout and then you're going to feel like a loser. So don't try to be everything for everybody, but definitely take care of yourself and make sure you get help. And again, just that self-care, whatever that is. For me, it's going to the spa. For someone else, it's um, exercise as well, eating right, uh, making sure you go and get your, your annual checkups. You know, we put that off. Oh, I'm too busy for my checkups. No, 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 stop it. You've got to take care of yourself. Otherwise, you can't take care of anyone else. I mean, that line in the, in the, air, in the, um, in the airline is, is right. It says, before you put on your mask, put yours on first so that you can help the next person. So that's uh, where I would say, I know that's a long answer, but. Oh, no, no, but it's very true. I mean, we often speak about, you know, how it is difficult having a senior level position and it is very consuming, but you need to plan for your life to be it for you personally, like you said, or just your friends, your family activities something that gives you a little bit of balance. It's not always going to be predictable because emergencies happen, but uh, yeah, but that's a good way to think of it. And, you know, you speak about women and how sometimes maybe we don't do as good of a job taking care of ourselves, but on the other side of it, I know you've worked with a lot of women. What do you see as some of the pitfalls that uh, women take in their careers that maybe are not advantageous to becoming a senior level person or a CEO. Do, do you see things that women do that either consciously or subconsciously in their lives and their careers that are actually pitfalls for them? Sure. And these are not going to be surprising to you and to other women who are on this uh, on watching, but being prepared. Again, we talked about the plan. And so if you don't have a plan, then you know you really don't have a roadmap of where you want to go. So if it's CEO, let's say if you start out as a young woman and you want to be the CEO, you need to do your research and and just understand what it takes to get to that path. One thing I can tell you this, and we talked about my my college counselor telling me about trying accounting. Well, she also told me, Adrian accounting is a way for you to get to the top. If you, She said to me, if you ever want to be the CEO, having an accounting degree will help you because accounting, you see the whole picture. If you're only in one department, HR or sales, whatever, you really see that, that your own department. But in accounting, you actually can see the entire organization. And that fascinated me, Sharon. And I thought, wow, well, that's, that's kind of power. And that's where I want to be. I want that power. So having my, uh, my accounting degree, my CPA really gave me, I guess you would call it that power, that knowledge 
that everyone in the organization really had to deal with me one way or the, all the senior level people, the C-suite people had to deal with me one way or the other because I had the budgets, I had the numbers. So being prepared as far as, um, as what's required to be a CEO, uh, and it could be, let's say a CEO for a sales department. So for a sales company, well, for me, I could still do that, but I didn't have sales as my background. Um, so, you know, I might, I'm, of course, I'll probably get to this later, but I'm writing a book and one of the chapters talks about passion, purpose, and potential. And so whatever my passion and my purpose, my potential should be able to accomplish that. And so, um, so that's what I would tell them is that if you're interested in becoming a CEO, to do your due diligence, research, know what it takes to be with the requirements to be a CEO, and then you plan accordingly for your career path. Don't go into it just deciding, well, whatever happens, happens. Have a plan and be ready. Right. That's such good advice and great of your counselor back when you were in college to give you such a, um, yes. a wealth of knowledge about, you know, accounting as one of the kind of degrees. One of the things we talk a lot with ABC to CEO is how women often get put into more staff roles. Um, you mentioned HR. Uh, I was in HR for years and I got a lot of promotions and it was great. And then I took on IT and supply chain and some other things, and they were all great. But you know what? They were back office things. You need to get into kind of the things that have to do with P&L, you know, either like you did, the financial side of it itself, or the getting into operations, getting into sales, doing something with the customer. And uh, those are important messages for women to understand, not to get too hung up on being in staff positions for too long of a period of time. That's, yeah, that's a good point because sales is critical. That's how we're gonna make our money. So right. even if you're not in that, that industry, make it a point to learn and understand what it takes. That's right. That. Yeah. So what would, advice would you give to parents, to people who are in the lives of young women, um, as caretakers or whatever it is, what kind of advice would you give them to help the young girl develop characteristics that are found in a leader? I mean, you obviously had some role models in, in your growing up years, and I think you surrounded yourself with some other women who were also um, demonstrated signs of leadership, and you were part of that group. But, but what kind of advice would you give uh, adults for young women who are in their lives? Well, that's a good question, Sharon. And what I would say first is to walk the walk and not just talk. So in other words, be that role model. Don't give the advice if you're not doing it yourself. So be, be trans, transparent is always a good thing, but uh, the word I'm trying to say is to be authentic, be yourself. And hopefully that will then translate to your values because your values are really key and important. Um, and so for me, for instance, integrity. So talking to a young lady, if I tell the young lady, I'll pick you up at 6 p.m., keep your word, you know, keep your word. It's important for leaders to keep their word. So integrity, especially as a CPA, is so critical. Uh, just having that honesty and people can trust me. 
so right. integrity is, is really a key. I would tell them to make sure that they inform young ladies to, to be empath to have empathy, to be able to, to care for others. And that's the one thing I think we're lacking in so many ways. We're not really caring for our neighbors. And so showing care, uh, empathy for others. And then I would say communication. Yeah, let the young ladies know that you have to be a good communicator. And the, I'll call it mentor or mother, what have you, needs to be able to also communicate and listen deeply. That's another area that we're missing here, just being able to listen deeply. Um, and sometimes it's not what the person is saying, but what they're not saying, that's really critical. And so for uh, a parent, uh, a mentor, a sponsor, that's, you know, those are just some of the characteristics I would say that really helped me uh, just having integrity, listening, uh, communication, empathy is really strong, especially um, as a leader. Uh, that, that's really important. So those are just some of the characteristics I would list. We, we have a lot of those on our website as far as characteristics of a successful CEO, but you've lived it, you know it. And uh, yeah, you mentioned trust. We think trust is, is something that's really important because in the end, a leader by definition is somebody that other people follow. Absolutely. And uh, if, if they don't trust you, you know, it's hard to have people follow. And uh, that's a great description of it. So so is there anything about becoming a CEO that actually surprised you? Were there things about it that were like, oh, I didn't realize this? I've had a few. Um, the one thing that really surprised me is being on 24-7 as the CEO. I have had to actually just, just be present, um, you know, because I am the face of the organization. And... And so I'm on 24 seven. And so I have tried to uh, work on turning it off, but as a CEO, it's really tough sometimes because I go to bed wondering about uh, things that I didn't accomplish. I have much concern for my, my employees uh, because there are issues there that sometime as a CEO, I hear about and it just stays with me. So just being on 24 seven, uh, not really turning it off. And that was something that kind of surprised me. You know, I, we talked about that work-life balance. So I really had to hard, work really hard and be intentional and be focused on really getting that work-life balance. Otherwise, literally, I have my mind 24 seven. And so that's the one thing that's like, whoa. Um, yeah, just always being on. Right. Hard, to, hard to even take a vacation, I'm sure, when... Uh, oh know that the organization is just moving forward, even though you may be doing something different and you can't, you can't stop it. Can't turn it off. My cell phone is always on, right. my emails are there, my text messages. So yes. And, you know, uh, and that's pretty much probably um, not too uncommon for the C-level um, executive. Right. But as CEO, it all falls on my shoulders. So I really have to be intimately involved with those issues that um, could actually make or break an organization. Yeah. One, one CEO told me he never knew it was such a lonely job because mm. once you get up there, it's like, it's you and you, you no longer have colleagues that are at the same level, at least within your organization, which is, 
which is why a lot of CEOs have other organizations they're part of with people like themselves. So, and that is true. It's lonely at the top. That's the saying that that uh, we say yes. So, right. So you are now what I call post career, and um, it's not even been a month yet. Um, At least you know here we are in uh, July of 2021. And uh, you, you've had, a, you planned for your exit from, um, from your CEO position, but, but tell me about kind of what's next for Adrian. Well, thank you for asking. It's exciting, actually. So uh, you're right. I did plan two years ago to, to make my exit and to start the next chapter. Uh, but as I always do, um, I always pray and ask God for direction first. And so through my prayer, um, I have, I am going down the path of being an executive or leadership coach. So I would love to coach young women who are either uh, entry level or middle managers and even the C-suite. So women who are in corporate, uh, that is my niche. And because I do it now, I mean, that's what I do. That's what I've done all my life really is to mentor, uh, and even coach women. So I decided that this is my passion and my purpose, and I have potential. So that is uh, my next chapter. And to help launch that new chapter in my life, I'm writing a book on leadership. So that book, yes, will come out this fall. You will be a natural at this, by the way, but... uh... So has the book been titled yet? Are you still working on it? Or is it a surprise for those of us who want to read it until you get to that point? Uh, it's, 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 it's out there. Well, the, at least I have it on paper right now. It's at the uh, publisher, but it's halftime, learning to pivot as a leader. And yeah. so, yes, and I, I used halftime because in the book, I talk a lot about my experience 18 years in the NFL. So I do have a lot of experiences and I call those experiences my halftime. So ever, and we all have halftime. So it's a point where we get to, to pause, to stop, to think about what worked or what didn't work and to see if we need to pivot or adjust for the next either chapter, next job, uh, whatever's next. And so that, um, yeah, so that's, that's it. Oh, I love it. Love it. And you will be a wonderful coach also. So we've about used up our time here. Is there anything you wanted to talk about or any kind of message you want to give young women that we haven't uh, been able to uh, bring up at this point? I just, uh, you're a wealth of knowledge, a wealth of experience and very motivational. I'm quite certain for, for many people. So I don't know if there's any other final thoughts you would have uh, that you want to share with us before we, uh, we part ways here. Uh, well, I just want to just uh, encourage our, our listeners to have confidence in yourself, uh, believe in yourself. You can do it. You are enough. You have everything it takes to be successful in your own right. Whatever that success, whatever your definition is of success, you've got it. Go for it. Very good. Sounds like a coach to me. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Adrian. We appreciate you taking the time to uh, to be with us today. And uh, we will uh, have many listeners, I'm sure, who will 
thrive on your words and, and be able to take them and, and use them for their own um, advancement in their career. So thank you for your time and you. uh, appreciate it. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. Take care. Thank you. Thank you.